God, we thank you. God, we thank you that, uh, that you really have done it all, um, that we can stand in front of you and surrender completely to you. God, we thank you this morning on this special Pentecost Sunday, God. We thank you for, for everything that your sacrifice made for us. God, I pray that we feel a, a fresh breath of your Holy Spirit across our congregation this morning, God, that, that you'll be uh, just with us in a way that we can sense anew. God, we know that your Holy Spirit is within each one of us every day, but God, help us to, to feel it again today. Help us to feel it maybe for the first time. God, we thank you for your spirit which changes us. God, we thank you that you're here with us right now. And God, I pray that, that we will sense you moving amongst us this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, welcome to church this morning. Take a seat. Welcome if you're in the room. Welcome if you are online. Uh, while I'm talking to you, you can be filling out um, a Connect card, um, a giving card or a Next Steps card. You can do that online on your devices um, or you can be filling out a paper copy maybe if there's some around. Um, welcome if you're online this morning. Uh, we'd love it if you could say hi in the chat so that we know you're here and again you can be filling out those cards online as well. Uh, they should pop up for you in the chat which will be very easy for you to do. Um, also, if people can check in using the Church Centre app, that really helps us to know that you are here as well. Um, just one little bit of news. Uh, Kids Church will not be happening today. Uh, we have one person on the team, so uh, not quite enough to, to do that in uh, a safe way. So um, no kids ministry today. So even if a banner goes up accidentally, do not go out to Kids Church, okay? Oh, Christ is on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say it wasn't. But yeah, just to be clear, it is on. <laughs> we have leaders in crash. All right. Um, okay. So also, while I'm talking to you, we'll be uh, sending the buckets around, so the offering buckets. So if you uh, normally bring a cash offering, you can be popping that in the buckets as they come around. And those people need to run because then we're going to send around communion. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. So there's a few things that I'd like to highlight from your newsletter. Uh, so most people will be getting the newsletter um, by email. If you don't, please let us know. It means that we have you tagged incorrectly or we don't have your details. So um, just check that you're getting that. Uh, one thing is Out for Lunch is on uh, this Wednesday. So if you normally are an Out for Luncher or you'd like to become an Out for Luncher, sign up at the sheet at the info desk for that. Um, next Sunday, we're also having a Connect Lunch. So that is for new people or new-ish people. Um, if you feel new or new-ish, we would love you to come along for that lunch. Um, so we're trying to kind of catch up on two years of not being able to do this. So if you're new to the church in the last two years, please accept this as your personal invitation to come to the Connect Lunch um, next Sunday. Just a simple lunch just to gather and get to know one another a little bit better. So again, there's a sign-up sheet for that um, at the info desk. Uh, another thing to highlight from the newsletter, which you can just see all the details from, is the coffee morning that is planned for this Thursday. So little bit of pottering type gardening and um, a coffee morning as well. So details are in your newsletter for that. Make sure you read your newsletter um, and keep up to date with everything uh, that is happening in church life. That would be brilliant. 
Uh, one more thing that's happening today is a praise and worship night tonight. So that starts at 5pm and we will be having a simple dinner afterwards as well. So uh, make sure you come along to that. It is Pentecost Sunday, as I already mentioned. Um, it is the last day of Thy Kingdom Come, which is this 10, 11 day prayer season that we've been in. Um, and we're going to celebrate that tonight with praise and worship together. Uh, we'll have some of our lovely Pacific Islanders uh, singing with us. So if you'd like to hear them sing, uh, come along. If you'd like a simple dinner with your church family, come along. Um, it is a bit ecumenical, so we'll have some other churches hopefully joining us tonight as well. So 5 p.m. Okay. I've written numbers down the side <laughs> to keep me on track because there's a few things. I don't want to mess it up. Oh, I'm up to you. All right. So, um, it's communion time now, so hopefully those buckets have already gone around. So, we're just going to move into this, this time of communion. And I've been having a few conversations with people about salvation in the last few weeks. So, if I've had that conversation with you, don't think I'm picking just on you because I've had that conversation with a few people. Um and it just uh, reminded me again that we need to remember what the cross has done for us, what Jesus' work on the cross has done for us and, and our salvation that we get through his finished work on the cross. We have forgiveness for our sins, we know that, um, but sometimes we need to know that again, uh, that we have forgiveness, that he pardons us from everything that we've ever done and everything that we will do. It is total, complete. It is finished. And even better than that, it allows us to have a relationship with God that we couldn't otherwise have had. We had no right to come into his presence without making a sacrifice every single time. And now we don't need to do that. We can just come into God's presence because of the finished work of the cross. And that is the most precious thing. And, and when we pray, thy kingdom come, we mean now. We don't mean just some future thing that happens like in this eternity. We mean thy kingdom come now. We want to be in that relationship with God now, not just in the future. And that the finished work of the cross allows us to do that. Jesus has died, but he's also been raised again so that God's new creation has become has begun, sorry. Because of God's work for us in Christ, we are called worthy, loved, chosen. You are called worthy. You are called loved and you are called chosen because of Jesus' work on the cross. That's hard for us to kind of accept sometimes we don't feel worthy we don't feel like we deserve to be loved and we don't feel chosen but we are God says that we are he's chosen each and every one of us and he in his eyes we are worthy and he just loves us when he looks at us with all of our flaws and our failures which we just sang about before when God looks at us he just sees Jesus All right, so, oh, can we be passing that out? Sorry. Do you want me to say some of that again while we're waiting? <laughs> uh, uh, so we're going to pass this out and we are all going to take uh, the elements together at the end. So as that's getting passed out, I'll just uh, read from uh, 
God's word to remind us what Jesus said. For I received from the Lord what I also passed to you. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So just remember that and um, as I've said, try, try and accept again the fact that you are worthy that you are loved and that you have been chosen by God. Let me just pray and then, um, actually, I'll get you to stand while we pray and then I invite you to, to take the elements as we, we all do that together. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the promises that are contained within uh, your word. God, we thank you for... Uh, the salvation that is ours because of Jesus' finished work on the cross. God, I thank you that there is nothing that we need to add, that we don't need to live a life crippled by um, feelings of not being worthy or not living up to your standard. God, we know that we all don't live up to your standard, but, but that you have paid the price for us. So we all stand before you equal this morning. God, we are so grateful for everything that you have given for us and for your ultimate sacrifice, which, which makes this relationship with you, which is so precious to us, it makes that possible. God, we thank you that we are chosen. We thank you that we are worthy and we thank you that we are loved by you in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take those elements as we continue the service. Let me add to Pastor Jackie's welcome. You can take a seat when you're ready. It's great to have you here with us. Special welcome to Yaram this morning. Great to have you with us as well. We're having a great morning. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, a couple of weeks back we had uh, an AGM, um, a members meeting, um, which we do every year. And part of this AGM was um, our church council election. So our church council, you may have seen um, out in the foyer, uh, perhaps on our website or around the traps, um, that we've got this thing called a church council. It's basically like our governing board, if you like. Uh, the church council is people from within our church that are elected as members, um, from the membership, sorry, to, to govern the church, to represent the church, um, and to help lead the church in terms of um, compliance, um, all legality matters, and spiritual oversight, I suppose, of, of where the church is heading and um, the staff and things like that. And so I thought it was a great opportunity because we had a bit of a change in um, new people coming on um, for us to get them, whoever, I know there's a couple away sick, we had planned to have everyone here this morning, but as uh, we are aware, people are, um, are unwell. So if you are on church council, I think Glenn's here, I see Phil, fair brother at the back. If you guys want to come, if you can come up the front, I know maybe scary. Rach is here, Pauline, Freck, Andrew Bertino's 
at home sick. Karen's at home sick. I think that's, is that it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. So we've got seven. So at full capacity, our church council can be between four members and seven members, and I sit on the church council as well. Uh, and so these are your church council, along with, imagine, Andrew Bertino, who's normally serving out in kids' ministry, and Karen Tenkate, who's also normally serving out in kids' ministry as well, hence no kids' ministry this morning. Uh, you may have put two and two together. Um, but these are your representatives. If you've got any questions or concerns about things in church life or you want to ask a question, you can always come and talk to me. But if you know one of these guys and you feel more comfortable talking to them, uh, they are um, there to, to chat, ask, ask them any questions. They might not have the answer, but they can uh, refer to, to the church council and, and, um, and we can discuss it if you, if you feel like you need to do something like that. But I thought it'd be a great opportunity as they step into this role and begin uh, we get, begin a new season of um, some new members coming on. So Phil and Rach and Karen are all new members of the church council and the other four are previous members. So um, they're learning the, the job and uh, it's just a, a really important role within our church um, that these people represent you and represent us um, and, and God's church. So let's, um, if you don't mind standing again, up, down, a bit Anglican this morning, but can I say that? I just did. We love our Anglican brothers and sisters. They are much more fitter than we are. Uh, Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be part of your church, your kingdom, your body. And God, we thank you for for these seven that are are our church council that have been um, appointed to this role for this season to to help lead and govern and, um, and steer us as a church. God, we pray that you would protect them and their families, that you would give them your insight, your wisdom, and um, just your clarity on on what it is that you'd want them to to do and how you'd want um, them to represent you and your church. So God, we just pray every blessing over their life, um, and God, we just pray for a real sense of unity within the team, uh, within our church, over all matters. And uh, God, we pray that you would have your way amongst them and through them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Before you take a seat, yeah, you can give me a hand. Yeah, you guys can take a seat. Perfect. Thank you. We're going to have a mingle time in a second, but what I want you to do before you... Did we forget something else? You're ready to mingle? Who's ready to mingle? Yes. Me. Good. Fantastic. So you're going to have five minutes to mingle, but before you do, before we even start the countdown, I want you to turn around and I want you to make eye contact really awkwardly with someone that you don't know. Okay? Okay, so find someone that you don't know, you don't know their name, make eye contact, and keep that eye contact, and start mingling with that person. You gotta find someone you don't know. You gotta find someone you don't know. If it means walking across the other side of the room. God, we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. God, we declare the powerful name of Jesus, the name above every name. God, we lift you up in this place. Lord, we fix our eyes on you. God, we thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. God, we thank you that you loved us so much. You sent Jesus to not only die, but be raised to life. God, we thank you for all you have done for us. We thank you for what you are doing and what you are yet to do. God, you are a living God. 
God, you are, you are a living God and you are moving in this place this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you are doing amongst us. We thank you for how you have already begun to work this morning and how you are working in our lives, Lord. We look to you above our circumstance, above uh, a crazy week, above the plans that are coming up, God. We just fix our eyes on you. God, we take a steadying breath this morning and we plant ourselves in this house with our eyes fixed on you. God, you are so good. We give you so much praise this morning, so much honour this morning. We are in awe of who you are. Powerful, mighty, loving creator. We thank you that you have just begun your work in us. Thank you. In the powerful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, team. Thank you, everyone. You can sit. That was great. Thank you. I always love that bit. I don't know anyone else, like in a song where the drum, I'm, I could not drum to save my life. There is just no way. But that, when, and then the drum, and then suddenly they all know to just stop. And then they go again. Oh! So good. <laughs> Just so good. You're incredible, Rowan. Just incredible. Hey, good morning. You all excited to be here? Yep, I'm excited. SBC kids, are you all kicking around in here somewhere? Hi. Oh, no. Nah. You can say loudly. Hi, SBC kids. They're all a bit sad because SBC kids isn't on. I'm stoked to have you in the service. I love when SBC kids are in the service. It's like holidays. Maybe it doesn't feel like holidays to the parents. My little guy's not here this morning. He's at home with Grandma. But do you want some exciting family news? This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. He learned to walk this week. So exciting. So exciting. I was saying to uh, Edward this morning, he's going to be doing it for the rest of his life. But, like, the first time's exciting, I guess. First time's very exciting. Hey, I'm really excited to be um, sharing from the Word this morning. First Kings is a very cool uh, book. I love Old Testament stories, I love Old Testament books, just the best stuff happens, it's always hectic, it's always full on, there's this going on and then someone's yelling at someone about something and there's, sometimes there's blood and guts and like it's just always so exciting. And then I had a look uh, in preparation at the, at the section of scripture that Pastor Brad had allocated to me and I was like, I'm ready, First Kings chapter 18, I know what happens in First Kings chapter 18, if you also just love your Old Testament, maybe you know too, it's like Mount Carmel and it's like the cool and the prophets of Baal and like Elijah's like, don't worry about it, God's got this and it's just like amazing. That's not the bit he gave me. <laughs> he gave me 15, 15 verses before the cool stuff happens. <laughs> and when I first read it, I was like absolutely jibbed. What? What do you mean? Pastor Brad's going to have like the cool bit before and then surely next week he's going to have the cool Mount Carmel part, and I have this weird in-between transitional bit with Elijah and a guy called Obadiah, and like, what? It's such a cool chapter. Why didn't I get the cool bit? And as I prepared, as is often the way when we open the Word, God revealed uh, an abundance of interesting things that happen in these 15 seemingly sort of just transitional verses. And so I hope um, that you this morning are as encouraged as I was by these 15 verses uh, and what happens in them. So we're right at the start of Kings, chapter 18. 
So um, does anyone carry a paper Bible with them to church anymore? Woo. It's kind of a bit cooler to have your paper Bible than a digital one now. That's what all the cool kids, cool kids would be doing, going back to paper Bibles. We had our time on iPhones, Pastor Brad. We're back with paper Bibles now. Uh, you can turn there or pop it open on your iPhone. That's okay too. It's convenient to have the Bible in your pocket. All right. So chapter 18 seems like it's going to be all about Mount Carmel uh, and all the cool stuff that happens there. And really that is like the sort of major theme uh, of what happens in this chapter. Um, But also, and so it's so like this with God, there's just a few incredible little moments that happen before we get to that big moment. And it can be easy to rush past the little uh, little things that God is doing, the little ways that he's speaking, the little ways that he's using his people in our excitement to want to get to the good stuff. <laughs> Anyone else like me just wants to get to the good stuff? Not just in the Bible, but in life. Like, I just want to get to the good stuff. And so the challenge and encouragement to me this morning, uh, and I hope to you, is that uh, God is working even before we get to the really good stuff. And maybe in this uh, season of in-between and... Um, in between the good stuff, uh, God is doing something, something great. Something small that contributes to the big, big picture. Okay, if you, if you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, let me just quickly place what is happening. It's been three years since Elijah like charged up to the palace and told Ahab, that's it, no rain, God said. It's been three years. So there has just been horrible, horrible drought. Just awful drought. And Ahab the king is furious, frustrated at his wit's end. Uh, Jezebel has been going around just any of the Lord's prophets she can find, she's just off with their head, like hunting them down. And so it has been a horrible, hard and heavy season uh, for the people. Three years of absolute nothing, not a cloud in the sky, absolute drought. And so it's been three years since Elijah brought that word uh, that God had given him to King Ahab. And there had been no clouds and no rain and the pain and the misery in the kingdom was extreme uh, and the need was becoming more and more pressing that something needed to change. Something absolutely needed to change. We're going to read, let's read together. So that's where they're at, the midst of this drought. After a long time, it says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year and it said, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain to the surface of the land. And so Elijah went to present himself. That is just incredible confidence, right? If you know that the king is uh, worn down and desperate, and that Jezebel has just been going around murdering the Lord's prophets, and you were the guy that said it's, nev- it's not going to rain until the Lord says so, certainly that is not a very wise thing to be doing, just turning up in the king's throne room with a little bit more word from God. Like, it doesn't seem like a wise, wise choice. But he just has no, there's not even like a beat of hesitation. Verse one, God tells him to go. Verse two, all right, off I go. Uh, and partially this is because uh, Elijah's had this solitude, this time with God. He's been really pressing into his relationship with God. He's also had a very like confirming, encouraging time with the widow uh, and her son. So he, he's just come from this uh, great relational place with God to be able to just get up and go. Uh, But the famine, it says, was severe in Samaria. Um, Ahab called for Obadiah, so the king, so Elijah's on his way. 
the king, calls for Obadiah. And Obadiah, uh, who was in charge of the palace, Obadiah was a man who greatly feared the Lord. Uh, he took a hundred prophets and hid them, 50 men to a cave, and provided them with food and water while Jezebel was slaughtering the Lord's people. So, the Lord's prophets. So, uh, Obadiah works for King Ahab, but he's also a man who fears the Lord, uh, so much so uh, that he's been faithfully working for the king, but also he hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets when Jezebel was just out for blood. Uh, so he's an incredible, faithful guy with a lot of courage. We've seen him be so, so brave here. Uh, and so Ahab says to Obadiah, go throughout the land to every spring and every wadi. Pastor Brad was telling us on the first week about a wadi being like a brook or a stream. I was doing a bit more reading. I was like, why wadi? What a strange word. <laughs> it's a brook or a stream, sure, but it's a brook or a stream that's only there sometimes. And so you would imagine that after three years of doubt, a brook or stream that is only there sometimes is pretty unlikely that it's going to be there, but that's the level of desperation that is among, uh, that Ahab has right now, that is among the people. It is so dry, it is so barren, it is so no hope, that they're looking in the places where there certainly will be no hope, just in case. Just in case. Perhaps we'll find grass so that we can keep the horses and mules alive and not have to destroy any cattle. Good king, worried about his cow, not his people. <laughs> they divided the land between them to cover it. And so Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And while Obadiah was walking along the road, we meet Elijah again, suddenly Elijah met with him. And when Obadiah recognized him, he fell face down and said, Is it you, my lord, Elijah? Like this guy, Elijah at this point has like this sort of notoriety about him, surely, because he came into the throne room and he said, hey, Ahab, guess what's going down? There's going to be no rain until the Lord says so. And then for three years, Jezebel and the king have been hunting for him everywhere and they can't find him. So like he came, he did this thing, he disappeared. Like, where's the Lord's prophet gone? Like, ooh, like, is this guy incredible or what? So there would have been this sort of like, whoa. So when he says, is it you, my Lord? Is it you, my Lord Elijah? He's like, what? We've been looking for you for three years and here you are just standing in front of me. Whoa, <laughs> What? And Elijah replies, it is I, he replied, go and tell your Lord, King Ahab, that Elijah is here. But Obadiah responds exactly how I would. What sin have I committed that you were handing your servant over to Ahab to put me to death? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent someone to search for you. And when they said he's not here, he made that kingdom or nation swear that they hadn't found you. And now you say, go and tell your Lord Elijah is here. But when I leave you, the spirit of the Lord may just carry you off to some place. I don't know. There's some notoriety about this guy because he's been disappeared for three years. So he's like, I don't know, you might just disappear off again. The Lord will call you and who knows where you will go. And then when I go and report to Ahab that, and he doesn't find you, uh, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Wasn't it reported to you, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slaughtered the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord, 50 men in a cave, and I provided them with food um, and water. And now you say, go and tell your Lord Elijah is here. He will kill me. That's some good wisdom from Obadiah, in my opinion. <laughs> Does not seem like a good idea to go before King Ahab and say, hey, you know that guy you've been looking for? I found him. He's disappeared, though, because that's what Obadiah thinks is going to happen. I found that guy that you've been furiously looking for, that all your anger and vengeance is just directed at at the moment, the, the prophet that you are furious at. I found him. 
Obadiah is understandably a little bit nervous. And Elijah here just doesn't miss a beat. Not a beat. Obadiah comes in, in I didn't count, like what, like six verses of like, ah, this is a bad idea. And in verse 15, Elijah says, as the Lord of army lives in whose presence I stand, today I will present myself to Ahab. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that when we open it, you speak to us. And so we ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, and that ultimately you would make us more like Jesus. God, we thank you, uh, and we look to you this morning. Amen. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, and he was like, absolutely, no worries, I'm off. I'm on my way, not a problem. I'll do exactly what God has asked me to do. Uh, and he has this confidence that uh, God will show up in the way that he has before, uh, that uh, God's power will be demonstrated in this situation. There's just no hesitation in Elijah here. And so these 15 verses, there's probably heaps to say about Elijah and his faithfulness and his trust in the Lord and, and his ability to do what was the scary thing, even though, um, you know, he, he might have ended up dead. He just trusted the Lord and was on his way. But as I was reading, I don't know about you, but I related a little more to Obadiah. I just felt myself having sympathy for this, for, for him. I felt myself relating to his feeling a little. And, and, and maybe uh, you're in a place in your faith and, and in your walk with the Lord now where you would be like Elijah and just like step out, no worries. But if you're feeling a little like me, like a drought-wearied Obadiah who just is desperately holding on, uh, then maybe we can be encouraged, encouraged together this morning. So let's, who is Obadiah, right? So he's a court official. He, uh, he works for King Ahab. Um, he's sort of a steward and a manager of the palace affairs. And uh, so it's a high position. Like he, he's, he's not just like a low down. Like it's quite a, quite a high position of leadership that, and responsibility that he has. Uh, but he's also a man who fears the Lord uh, and has since his youth. Um, and he tells the story of hiding the prophets, even though that would have been quite a scary thing to do. Um, but he, he seems to me to be in desperate need of encouragement and desperate need of community. He had been alone uh, in, in this place, uh, just trying his best to go about his business and, and be a faithful guy, but he would not have um, been in close community with a lot of other people who feared the Lord, who loved God the way that he did. Um, so he was just adjusting to a new normal. He was just getting by in this three years of drought, trying to, uh, trying to respect the honour of the position that God had given him in, in Ahab's court, trying to do his best to be a good, faithful man, even though the king was a bit questionable, just trying his best. But he was weary. He was weary. God is certainly in the business of stretching us to become more effective vessels for his purpose. And we see Obadiah adjusting to this new normal, but God has so much more for him in store. God has so much more for Obadiah than to just continue on as he is. And it's the case for Obadiah, and so it is the case for us. Obadiah is just here going about his business, just uh, living his life the best he can. I can relate. 
doing the best he can. And isn't it like that? Like, I mean, we gather together and we have these great times of worship together and we huddle up and then we get back out into our community and we, we be Jesus in our community. That's the goal. And so as we're going about our lives is when we see God work most powerfully. But here's Obadiah just going about his life uh, as best he can, just trying to get through head down. And, and, and we'll see that Eliza encourages him to look up again. And so this morning, if you find yourself just going about your business, going about your life, doing the best you can, I want to encourage and challenge you, look up again. Look up from what you've been working on. Look up on what you've got your head down holding on to and see who God is for this season. See who God is in this new season. Because challenges don't often come when we're sitting in our comfort zone. We don't, our faith isn't stretched or challenged or tested when we're sitting in our comfort zone uh, just trying to, to get on with it. Challenges uh, can better be described like these drought type of seasons. What happens to your faith in a drought season? What happens to your faith in a, in a time of trial and testing? What happens uh, when you're dealing with difficult personalities, with temptation, with frustration with your life or, or with the church or, or in, um, when you're in isolation <laughs> As, as Obadiah was, and I mean, we've come out of this COVID time of, uh, of isolation, but even more so, a connectedness with community. Kristen was talking this morning about how awesome that five minutes of fellowship is. Just feels good to be in the house, speaking with one another, talking with one another, being in community, but it has certainly, because of COVID, been a long season of being disconnected with our community, and so how, how does our faith respond when we've been feeling maybe disconnected? What is our motivation? How do we find courage? Um, and, and does it truly come from God? Let's, um, we're going we're gonna to compare the pair. Wish I could do that little meerkat voice. Does anyone else? Yeah. You know the little meerkat? And he's like, insurance.com or whatever. What is it? Car, is it car insurance? Right, good. People are quoting it back at me, so surely, all right, yeah. So we're gonna um, we're gonna compare, compare the market. That's right. Compare the market. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, we're gonna compare Obadiah and Elijah, and just get a sense of like what it is that had Elijah feeling really ready to step out in boldness, and what it is that had Obadiah maybe a little bit more hesitant. So, uh, to begin with, both of them are believers. They both. Um, love the Lord, both have served the Lord, both have shown great courage in this season that they've just come through, because um, it obviously took courage for Obadiah to hide the prophets, we've said, it took courage for uh, Elijah to stand before Ahab and declare a drought, it's taking courage for him to turn up again. Both of them are men who love, fear, and fear the Lord, and have been shown to be um, courageous in that. Elijah, though, has just come from a uh, special time away with the Lord, his encouragement with the widow. Obadiah has been alone and has just been toughing out this season by himself. He's been without fellowship and been without encouragement and been without other strong believers around him. The time where he was hiding the prophets, like he wouldn't have just been like going there to hang out and have parties with them and hear about what God was doing, like he was hiding them. And so it would have, it would have been just like a quick, like here's some water, here's some food, I'm off. I don't want to get caught here. I don't want to get in trouble for this. I don't want to, like he wouldn't have spent a lot of time uh, with the prophets. So he's been isolated, um, alone, um, and not feeling very encouraged. 
In verse 13, it says, wasn't it, this is Elijah's, uh, sorry, Obadiah says, wasn't it reported to you, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slaughtered the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of the prophets of the Lord, 50 men in a cave, and I provided them with food or water, right? So um, Obadiah is suffering from what many of us can, where we look back and say, look how good God has been. I saw, he was good. He did that good thing, and I'm just holding on because he did that really good thing. And, And in one hand, it is good to look back and see what God has done, but it is certainly not the direction that we are supposed to look. We're moving forward. God is still working in Obadiah and still have something ahead for him. And so Obadiah has fallen perhaps into this trap of looking back and being like, look, I've already done a hard thing. I already did something for God. Rather than realizing that God is working through him, he's trying to hold on to something he once did. And so part of the encouragement and I guess challenge in this sort of section is that uh, we're not called to just be looking back all the time, remembering what God did, although it is good to pause and remember how he has loved us and what he has done. But only so, it spurs us on with uh, a fresh faithfulness and a fresh trust in him into what he's doing next. And so uh, if you find yourself yearning for how things were or yearning for uh, what God has done before or holding tightly to that one time a long time ago, can I encourage you this morning, God has something now. He has something fresh. He is doing a new thing in SBC. He's doing a new thing in each of us. And he doesn't want us to hold tightly to the past. He wants us to see that as perhaps a signpost of his faithfulness, but have the courage to step forward and do the new thing that he's, he's doing. Do the new thing that God has for us. We can't get stuck looking back. We're called to look forward. And in one sentence... In one sentence, Elijah encourages, challenges, and moves Obadiah to action. He says to him, as the Lord of armies lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. And so then the next verse, which is verse 16, I probably should have added it to read. Uh, he, He did, Obadiah did. He did what God had, what Elijah had said to do. Go to King Ahab and tell him I'm here. Just like that. He just, he's like, all right, off I go then. And he goes to Ahab and he tells him. So with this one sentence, Elijah takes a discouraged Obadiah who is desperately just trying to survive and, and challenges him and encourages him in such a way that it moves him to action to do a scary, courageous thing for God. And so the first thing he says is, as the Lord of armies lives. And so the first, sort of, if you're a note-taking kind of human, (laughs) this would be something I would note down. Elijah was so sure of who God was. Elijah, he was sure of who God was. There was no doubt for him. As the Lord of armies lives, the Lord of hosts, I know who he is. And as he lives, because of who he is, I have no doubt about what I'm about to do next. He had no doubt about the power of God, about God's ability to protect him about God. He had no doubt because he was sure of who God was. 100% sure of who God was. And then he says, um, then he says, before whom I stand. And so he's saying to Obadiah, not only do I know who God is, I stand with him. Before whom I stand. I am God's man. That's who I am. I stand before God, one of his. And so it's a, it's a, uh, a statement about who God is, and then it's also a claiming of that for my identity. God is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. He is Lord, incredible, creative, 
right? So he has this sense of who God is. And then because of that, then he has this sense, so then I'm sure of who God is. So now, now here I am sure of my call and my commitment to that. Before whom I stand. That is who I serve. That is before who I stand. So King Ahab, no worries, because I stand before the Lord of hosts, right? This one sentence, this is a very good sentence. <laughs> As the Lord of armies lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself today. And so Elijah shows Obadiah that this, uh, this sense of knowing who God is, having that inform who he is, then moves him to action of whatever God asks of him, yeah? So uh, because of who God is, and because it's him that I stand before and him I am accountable to and him that I put my trust in, I'm moved to action. So I will go before Ahab, even though it's a scary, scary thing to do. Three clear declarations. Who God is, who he has called me to be, and what he has called me to. Who he is, who I am, and what the mission is about. I don't know, perhaps... You're like, yep, good. <laughs> but if you're anything like me, I was like, well, I'm definitely Obadiah in this story. <laughs> I needed to hear. I needed to be reminded. So uh, I, pull, I pulled out some scriptures. So if you're feeling a bit Obadiah-ish <laughs> this morning, I want to remind you who God is. And even if you've been sitting in church a long time, you've been a Christian a long time, you've been a person who fears the Lord a long time and has done great things with him in the past, that's fine. Obadiah also felt the same, but still needed an encouragement and a reminder from, from Elijah about who God was. So uh, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at, at all, Scripture tells us. In him there is no darkness at all. He, he is not slow in keeping his promises, as some might understand slowness. Instead, he is patient not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He created the heavens and the earth. He gives every perfect gift from above, coming down from the Father as heavenly lights. Um, he does not change like shifting shadows. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He is gracious and righteous, righteous and full of compassion. I mean, like, I pulled those out of scripture, but I'm sure all of us uh, could, I hope, <laughs> sit down with our notebook and just, he's been good, even in our own lives, he's been good to me, he has been gracious to me, he's been forgiving to me, he's been proven faithful, he is a good and caring God, he is a powerful creator, he is a loving father, he is like, we could just go on and on about the goodness of God, let us never, ever forget who, who he is. Even if we are in a dry and desert place just going about our business and, and we're in the in-between of like there was a big thing that happened once and we guess there's a big thing on the horizon, but I don't know, I'm getting a bit weary, I'm getting a bit worn down. Can I encourage you? This is who he is. He is a good and loving father who has always had our back and will continue to have our back and, and will be there for the next big thing, but he's also here in these little moments, these little moments of in-between. And who, who has he called us to be? He's called us to be who he has called us, who we are, people who speak and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy, who act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God, who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But each of us should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned us. That in humility we value others above ourselves, not looking to our own interests, but each to the interests of others, this is who we are called to be as we stand before the Lord. 
the Lord, the incredible, almighty God. We stand before him as one of his and he sees us and he calls us holy and he calls us forgiven and he calls us righteous. And so we, that is who we are. We are not tired, drought-wearied people. We are children of God. We are people who are deeply loved by the creator. And so because of that, he is calling us into new and incredible things that he wants to do. New and incredible things. Forgetting what is behind. This is, this is from the Bible, so I didn't make it up. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward to Jesus Christ. He has done good things in the past, but there is so much greater ahead. There is so much greater ahead. He has called us to a holy life. Each of us should use whatever gift we have, we're called to, use whatever gift we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all forms. In Hebrews 13, it tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, uh, uh, the right hand of the throne of God. Sorry, that was a mouthful. Did you catch all of that as I... We are called into something greater. We are called into something greater. I don't know about you, but like, I relate to Obi Dyer. <laughs> there is something about this season that we're coming through that feel like I feel a little drought wearied. I feel like if I saw Elijah before me, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> this is going to be trouble. <laughs> Instead of, whoa, look at what God is doing. <laughs> And so can I encourage you with a sentence this morning, just a sentence that is, the Lord of armies lives, and it is before him, before him I stand, and surely I will show myself to the king today. I know who God is, and I know who he has called me to be, and I know what he has called me for. And then the really cool stuff happens. They go to Mount Carmel, and like, oh, all the good stuff I really wanted to get into. We're designed for community. We're designed to encourage one another. We're designed to be on this journey together. Without Elijah's encouragement to Obadiah, maybe Obadiah would have just continued on with his new, tired normal. <laughs> maybe he would have just kept his head down and just kept on and hoped that he would see a glimpse of who God was. But this morning we need to look up. Look up and, and see who he is and remember who he is and what that means for us and what that means we're called into. There is something more. There is something more for all of us as SBC, SBC Yarram, SBC Online, SBC Kids, uh, the Ignite Trot. Like there is something more us corporately, but there's also something more for us individually. And so um, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah, you can. And, and particularly if you are feeling drought wearied, <laughs> if you feel like you're in between and just surviving. There's sort of three, three things, right? This idea of our relationship with God, 
our identity in him and our call. And so maybe for some of us this morning, we just need to get our eyes back on Jesus and remember how good God is and how deeply he has loved us and how, how much he cares, just how much he cares, how powerful he is in his, in his creativity, in his ability to forgive and love us even in our brokenness. Maybe some of us just need to get our eyes back on him this morning because we're, we're, we're head down just trying to survive. But can I encourage and challenge you this morning, fix your eyes back on him. Fix your eyes back on him. And maybe for some of us it's an identity thing, just in the midst of this drought season we've forgotten who we are and who we're called to be. Children of God, members of the body knit together in community, loving one another, loving the Lord. Maybe this morning you have just lost sight of who you are, who God calls you. Encouragement and challenge this morning. Or maybe you've got that, you're looking up, you know who you are, and you're just waiting, waiting to know what God wants you to do next. So what is it that you need to do next? What, what is that next step? What is, what is that new thing that God is doing? You just need to be as courageous as Elijah and Obadiah to take that step and do the brave and scary thing. So I'm going to pray. And, and if any three of those things stir your heart this morning, then I hope that you will join your prayers with me. God, we thank you. We thank you for how deeply you love us. We thank you that you are a powerful and mighty God. And so would you remind us again this morning how incredible you are, how powerful you are, how able you are, and how deeply you love us. So much that you sent Jesus to die for us. God, you are merciful. You are righteous and holy, and you love us. We're in awe of that this morning. And so we fix our eyes on you knowing you are the author and perfecter of our faith and we never want to lose sight of who you are in all of this. And so we look to you this morning, God. And then we ask that you would reveal to us who we are in you. Not in our own strength or, or because we're trying so hard or because we're just muscling through, but God, because of who you call us, holy and righteous, children of God, worthy and forgiven justified. God, we thank you for the way you are transforming us to be more like Jesus, and we pray that we would become more like your son each day. God, help us to see ourselves the way you see us. God, remind us of who we are and who, who we are called to be in community as part of the body, loving one another and loving you. God, remind us. And God, Tell us what the next step is. For those of us who, who, who have been um, hesitant to make the next step, even though we, we know we've had that word from you and we're afraid, God, give us courage. And God, for those of us who feel like we haven't heard a word from you in a long time, God, I ask this, that this morning would be the beginning. God, that your spirit would be in this place stirring dreams afresh giving fresh vision, fresh encouragement, fresh dreams, God. 